0: Come on. You ready for a great Sunday or what? I am so excited about today. Hey, we've got Bishop Arts O'Cliff along with North Dallas as well. All of us are together. I absolutely love this church family. It's been beautiful to see what God has done is doing and we are thrilled. Everyone is with us on this glorious Sunday. God's going to transform your heart and your life. You ready for it today or what? Are you ready? You ready? Hey, listen, tomorrow night, Monday night, we have That's a right. singles young adult night be happening here. at our White Rock campus. So everyone at Bishop Arts Oak Cliff, everyone at North Dallas, I'll uh, be at our uh, at our White Rock campus at 7 o'clock. Right now, we have RSVP. We asked people to RSVP, and the 7 o'clock, totally jam-packed. Then we had an 8 o'clock, then we said, let's do an 8 o'clock then too. And it was like at 300 people or something this morning. So I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stuff everyone in at 7 o'clock. So it's going to be pandemonium. But it's going to be so much fun. We're going to put people on the platform, put people on the floor, come ready to stand, but it's going to be a great, it's great so time fun. together. Rich Wilkerson Jr. will be with us, and we know our hearts and lives will be changed and transformed. Are we have having food trucks, too? Is that right? We honey? are
1: having food, yes. So yes. it's going to be
0: a great, great time. And child care, too. Yes, yeah, child care. So listen, uh, we're beginning a brand-new series on relationships uh, this week, and we're really, really excited about this. I... Uh, I I actually forgot my wedding ring of all weeks.
1: Of all Sundays.
0: To miss my wedding ring. It was this one. I I am married, though. Yes,
1: Yes, you are.
0: Taken. Happily taken. Very taken. Yes, indeed. Very, very taken. Thank you. Uh, but I took my ring off last night that it fell underneath the bed, and then I didn't grab it this morning. So, um, but it's going to be a great time.
1: It is going to be. You ready job. to jump I'm in? Excited. Yeah, Let's I'm, do I'm, it. Yeah,
0: let's do this. Let's do this now. Um, at our North Dallas uh, campus, we have. Um, a couple up there by the names of Don and Matt Collins, okay, and they are absolutely fantastic. They just got married uh, a number of months ago, a beautiful, beautiful wedding there in San Francisco, Uh, but they said to us it was this series about a year ago that changed the trajectory of their relationship. So we are believing that what happened with Don and Matt is going to happen with so many individuals that are a part of Shoreline City, even those who are watching online. So we want you to have incredibly high expectations on what God wants to do in your heart and your life today. This is not an accident Sunday. It is a divine appointment Sunday where God has his eyes on you.
1: And as we've been talking in this incredible series that we're jumping off this week, we all are a part of relationships. Relationships, you just you have relationships with your boss, relationship with your staff, relationships with boyfriend-girlfriends, friendships, roommates. We just can't get away from relationships. So although we will touch on dating, and marriage. This is just an overall relationship talk. So lean in, buckle up. We have not arrived, Earl and I. We're 20-something years into marriage. Still learning, still, still learning. growing. Yes. Um, we don't have it all figured out. We are not perfect. Yeah, no. I'm far from it. He's still, true. So we have um, double sinks in our bathroom, and sometimes I brush my teeth in his sink, and it still um, disturbs him to this day. He's like, really? Why can't you use your own sink? Do you want me to
0: tell why? Do you want me to tell why? Well, I'm a messy,
1: I'm a messy, how do you say it? -er. (laughs) Toothbrusher. Yeah, I just get everything everywhere, and then I don't clean it up, and so then... Don't
0: clean it up. I don't mind you using my sink, but you can't, like, leave your remnants all over the
1: place. Yeah, so I don't understand why that annoys you but it does 20 something years in so we and we have big things that we deal with too we're a normal married couple but all that's big
0: that's big right there yeah it's real
1: big it's real big you the look on your face it's big it's big to you but with that said we don't have it all figured out we're still learning and growing we are not perfect we don't run around the house reading psalms and proverbs and playing a harp we get in disagreements just like you do we have misunderstandings just like you do so all that to say we're
0: normal. Yes, yeah. but we're going to jump into this But one. we are
1: not giving up. Yeah. That's, that's the that's difference. The that's how it's 20-something years in. Yeah, end,
0: that's right. Is
1: we're not giving up. I'm not letting this guy go.
0: That's right. Um,
1: I'm a praying woman.
0: Yes, you are. I'm yeah. thankful for her, and you're fine, too. No. Thank you, Jesus. No. It's true. It's true. John, let's go to the Bible. John. <laughs>
1: chapter 11.
0: (laughs) John chapter 11. We're going to begin reading in verse 41 and go to verse 44. You've got a beautiful voice, honey. Why don't you do the reading? Okay.
1: So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go.
0: So powerful. Uh, We, uh, again, talking about our our marriage, uh, whenever I get dressed uh, in the morning, I have a lot of anxiety. Okay? Um, Not because there aren't some good clothes in the closet. God's been very kind to me. I've got some good clothes in the closet. It's because my wife is not only incredibly beautiful, but she's very, very stylish. Okay, she's been stylish from the first day I ever saw her when she was wearing that cute jean jacket uh, in college when I first saw her. But um, I like to wear sweats. You know, if it's up to me, let's go ahead and give me my Air Max. I'm good to go. Nike sweatsuit. I- I'm happy. But, but you know, I've got a fashionista that I live with. So on so many occasions, I'm in my closet and I come out of uh, uh, these, the closet with my with my clothes, and I got them in my hand. And I see my wife uh, look at me. And husbands, you you've seen this look on your wife's face when she looks at you like you're an absolute idiot for picking out the clothes that you have in your hands. And I feel shamed. I feel less than. I feel like you're not drunk, valued. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I'll have something in my hands, and she'll literally go, Are, are you going to wear that? <laughs> and that's actually the title of today's message. It is, Are you going to wear that? Oh,
1: that was my turn. <laughs> Um, I'm just so distracted listening to you make fun of the way that I judge you in the mornings. But I I don't judge you. you I'm a coach. I'm his fashion coach. I'm trying to bring out the best in him.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And
1: you get compliments all the time.
0: I do. Except my ankles So people like, why are you wearing those short pants all the time?
1: You got good ankles. You, got good ankles. <laughs> you have good ankles. But with that said, are you going to wear that? Are you going to wear that pride into your next relationship? Are you going to wear that bitterness, that hate, that weightiness to your boss who just became your boss, but you're thinking about your old boss? But are you putting the weights of your old boss onto your new boss? The problems that you had with your last roommate, are you going to wear that into this new roommate situation? This brand new, fresh start relationship. They don't know that you'd like dishes clean in the dishwasher. They don't know any of that. But are you going to wear that weight from the past into this new relationship? Are you going to wear the hurt from your last marriage into this new dating relationship? What are you wearing? What are you carrying that's going to be weighing you down that other people are going to have to pay for something that they didn't do? Are you going to wear that? And it is our prayer by the end of today that you say, I'm not wearing that anymore. It does not fit.
0: Yes. So uh, this this passage of Scripture in John chapter eleven, we see Jesus walks up to this grave, and there 's a dead man on the inside. His name is Lazarus, and Jesus speaks to this man, He says, "Lazarus, come out, and Lazarus is alive, but he is still wearing his grave clothes. So what we want to do just for a moment is is walk through some Of These verses here before we get into some really practical principles on relationships want to walk through this scripture here and pull out some truths that we think can really help each of us in our relationships one of the first points we want to bring up uh, when we're looking at this is it is possible to be alive and still wear dead things it is possible to be alive and still wear dead things. Here is Lazarus. He he's come back from the grave, but he's still wearing his grave clothes. Are you going to wear that? You've given your heart to Christ, you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you've gone on a new path to follow in his footsteps but still wearing the same mindsets of bondage and bitterness and manipulation and secrecy that you've had in all of your other past relationships. As you and I become followers of Jesus, there is a process called sanctification. This is where you and I are scrubbed, if you will, of our old life. In salvation, you're changed in a moment on the inside, but sanctification takes you through a process where you and I have to have our minds renewed to understand how do we think like a kingdom son or daughter how do we begin to think not like a slave not like someone who is in bondage not like someone who is still in a tomb but someone who has come out of the tomb here is lazarus alive but he still has the grave clothes on too many of us as followers of jesus are like this Mm -hmm. too many of us are alive spiritually Wearing grave clothes socially, alive spiritually, wearing grave clothes emotionally, alive spiritually, wearing grave clothes financially, alive spiritually, wearing grave clothes verbally are our mouth has not yet caught up with the change that God has done on the inside of us. So we are sabotaging relationships because we cannot control our tongue. It's wearing grave clothes when you're actually alive on the inside. There's a shift that God is wanting all of us to make. A change that he's wanting all of us to make, whether at White Rock or, or North Dallas, or Bishop Arts, Oak Cliff, it does not matter. God is wanting to do something significant in all of us. It is possible right now for you and I to be alive and still wearing dead things.
1: And I just want to jump in there, too, because this is so good. I remember when we first started the church at the very beginning. Seven years ago, and I remember when we were praying about what our next steps should be, where we should start meeting, how often we should start meeting. It was the first time we'd ever been a team, meaning that we did something together. Our jobs were always separate, so this was the first time we had to learn to work together as a couple as a job, not just in a marriage. And I remember you, even as much as you love Jesus, and I would make suggestions sometimes, you know, that you would wear the old grave clothes thinking that I didn't believe in you. Oh, Do you want man. to talk about that for yeah, a Yeah,
0: for sure. So whenever we first, this is seven years ago when we first got to uh, Dallas and we are beginning this journey of launching this church and there's, you know, there's no one, right? I mean, it's like no one asked us to come. It wasn't like, Hey. We really want you to come to Dallas to We've start a, a church. For you. We've got a
1: building for you, and no. a staff for you. No, we nope.
0: just felt this call in our hearts that we were supposed to come here, and didn't even why? Why Dallas? I I want to go to churches. I'm like I'm thinking I love Gateway, I love Potter's House. I love, I'm going to all the all these churches in my brain that I would be interested in going to, but we felt like we were supposed to. we were called to come here, and Onika would make suggestions uh, about, hey, why don't we try this, and why don't we try that? And when she made the suggestions, I didn't hear it as a suggestion. I actually heard it as an indictment. Wow. I heard I heard her saying, I don't believe in you. Wow. She wasn't actually saying that. It was my grave clothes. My own insecurities that were filtering what she was saying to me. So she's trying to give encouragement. She's trying to give help. She's trying to bring support. But I'm hearing you're not good enough. You don't measure up. I don't know if you have what it takes. Here, once again, was me needing to go through a process to allow the Holy Spirit to take off those old grave clothes off of me so that I could walk in the new life and the new season that God had for us. Was that right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly good. right. That's good. Yeah. Anything, yeah. I can share more of my business. You want anything else? No, no, no. no. I, I got you always, a lot.
1: It was my turn. You always share my business. <laughs> <laughs> There's no. so much
0: of it to share, honey. Just kidding. just kidding. But also something <laughs> that,
1: I've, it, that I'm learning and continue to learn is just how you share things. This can be if you're on staff with someone and you want to share something with your boss. It's just how you word it. Or with your roommate, if you want to see a change in your roommate, it's literally the timing and how you say things can really help. You know, that was for free. Yeah, that was yeah, for free. How you say it.
0: Uh, but again, keeping it on ourselves because as we walk through today, you're going to think, like me, you'll think, oh, th- I wish so and so was here to hear this. Oh, I can't wait to send them this link. This screenshot, is going to be. Screenshot,
1: screenshot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I appreciate that. But let's today allow God to work on our own hearts before we begin to think about how we need to change and transform everyone else around us. Another truth that we, want, we find in John chapter 11 is it's possible to be called and not move forward. What, what, what does that mean? In the passage of scripture, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. Yeah. Jesus does not go into the tomb and pick up Lazarus and bring him out. What Jesus does is he calls Lazarus, and now he is is expecting Lazarus to take some steps with the grace and the power and the new life that he has given to Lazarus. Too many times we have received a call from God, but now we are waiting for God to do everything else for us. And God is saying, I can't take another step because you haven't taken the step that I've empowered you to take. I can't take that step for you. Jesus has come down from heaven has walked up to the grave, has given new life and salvation to this man, saying, Lazarus, I have this available to you. Lazarus can say, <gasps> I've come to life. Now I'm just gonna lay here and wait for Jesus to come and pick me up, and Jesus to come, then to take off my clothes, and then Jesus to come and feed me, and then Jesus to come and bathe me, and, then Jesus, and Jesus saying, hey, 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 I love you. Yeah. I'm for you. I gave you new life. Now I'm expecting you to respond to the new life that I've given you. You've got to walk. You've got to take some steps. What step is it that God is asking you to take that you have not yet been willing to take? Because maybe you think God's supposed to take that step. God can't make the phone call for you. God does not send the text message for you. God does not follow up with the contact for you. God does not do all of these things. What God does is he gives you the relationship. He gives you the opportunity. He gives you the skills. He gives you the gifts. He gives you the talents. He gives you the abilities. He gives you the story. He gives you the capacity. He gives you all of that, and he gives all of that freely. Then he says, son, daughter, I expect you to do something with what I have given you. I've called you. Now it's time for you to take some steps. Last but certainly not least, before we get into some really, really practical things, in um, this passage of scripture, Jesus prays a prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you uh, that you hear me. You always hear me. And when I always read this passage of scripture in John chapter 11, I, I, I saw Lazarus as being kind of the main character of the story. Of course, Jesus being the ultimate main character, but you know, Lazarus being like the supporting cast member there, and he's really, really important, and obviously he is. Yeah. And then you got Mary and Martha, his sisters. If you're not familiar with the story, I encourage you to read it later this week to familiarize yourself with the story. It's incredibly powerful. But I thought Mary and Martha, maybe yeah. they were the, uh, another focal point of the story. And though both of the, all three of those individuals are important, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, you discover here... In verse number, what is it, 42 and 42, I knew that you always hear me, Jesus said, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. The reason that Jesus was bringing Lazarus out of the grave was not just because he loved Lazarus and he did And it's not just because he loved Mary and Martha, and he did and still does. It is because he wanted this miracle to bring belief and hope into the heart of all the people watching and hearing. Why has Jesus brought you out of the grave? Why has Jesus forgiven you? Why has he put you on a firm foundation? Why has he brought you out of the hell that you walked through? Why has he carried you to the grief that you've walked through? Why did he bring you to the other side of this divorce? Why did he help you to get over that bankruptcy or over that rejection? Why is he he carrying you still to this day when you should be dead on the side of the road? It's not just because he loves you and he does. It is because he wants people to see your life and believe that Jesus is the one that God has sent there's so much more going on to your life than you and I can even possibly imagine now Those are uh, just some truths from John chapter 11. What we want to do now is jump into five really just practical tools. I'm talking practical, incredibly practical tools on how to have healthy relationships. And this is not just for marriage relationships. This is not just for dating. This is for any relationships. But we do want to give this caveat. If you are in an abusive relationship, physically, mentally, verbally, Sexually, in any way. Do not take these principles that we are sharing and apply all of them um, specifically to your situation. You need safety. If someone is putting their hands on you, that is not biblical. That is not right. That is not healthy. That is not good. And I don't care... If they have deacon behind their name or they've been in church for years or they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. That's not right. That's not healthy. This is why we love, we've got wonderful Christian counselors that we connect people here with. We've got great connect group leaders. We've got prayer partners at every one of our locations. After service, you go up to a prayer partner, get prayer. We'll give you direction. We'll give you insight, wisdom on which way uh, to go. But these principles are still true. We just want to make sure you don't, you're don't. you never in a situation that is incredibly unhealthy uh, and definitely in, in, in a situation that's dangerous. But let's go, honey. What's that's the first right. one? Point
1: number one. Put God first, put him first. Wow. It says in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So Putting God first is a game changer in every single relationship. Coworkers, roommates, marriage, hmm. friendships, God first. Somehow when we get the blessing, of that roommate, of that job, of that company, of that boy, girl, whatever, sometimes we take God off of the throne of our hearts and our lives and we replace it with the blessing. Even can come with a new baby. You've been wanting to have a baby. You've been wanting to have a baby. God, thank you. You're praying all these prayers and these scriptures and you get your promise. And then instead of keeping God in his rightful place, which is to be worshipped, to be honored, to be praised, we put the baby on the altar. So think of whatever good thing that you've been trusting God for and just ask yourself, did I let this thing take the place of God? Because here's the deal. Every single gift and blessing in life cannot satisfy you. So many people with so many things still end up very weighed down, very fearful, very anxious, very depressed. And they have it all, so to speak. But it's because for many of us, we switch God with the thing. And so if we put God first, it gives us the right lens for our relationships. And then it also takes the pressure off of people. We put unhealthy pressure and weight on people. I remember when we were very first dating, I only wanted to hang out with Earl. I wanted to spend all my time with him. I wanted to go where he was going, do what he was doing, always be with him. But then I found myself kind of putting too much on him where he was like, I can't be your everything. I fell in love with you because you love Jesus, not because you started worshiping me. Does that make sense? And so even he had to check me when we were dating to say, hang out with your girlfriends. You know, don't let your life revolve around me because I'm going to disappoint you. And so I just encourage all of us, when we put that weight on You have to respond every text message, to every text message. You have to write back to everything that I post on Instagram. Every time I DM you, you have to give me an emoji back right away. Otherwise, I'm just going to give you the cold shoulder and ignore you because obviously you don't value me and obviously you don't love me. And We start spiraling. You don't even see me anymore. When really, they're just busy in a meeting. But it's because we put people on the altar and the throne of our hearts instead of God. And when God's first, does it make everything go away? No, but it helps your perspective. When you put the things of this life on the throne, your perspective gets off. Then you start seeing things that are not even real. And then you start making comments and accusations and assumptions that aren't even reality. And it's because we've taken God off of the throne.
0: Man, that is so, so good, Onika. Thank you so much. That one principle and truth right there, if Shoreline City could be a church filled with people that do not have God as an afterthought or as an addition, but has God as a center of our very lives. I promise you God will use our lives for his glory in ways we never even thought possible. And all of his dreams for our life will come true. Not necessarily our dreams for our life, but his dreams for our life will come true when he is at the center and on the throne of our hearts. And
1: I just want to say, too, to the person out there who is the center of someone's life, sometimes you like it. You like being the go-to. You like being the first person that they reach out to. You like being the superhero who always solves every problem. But I just want to encourage you that that's not meant for you to carry either. And eventually that will break you. And eventually it will make you fall out of love or fall out of like with whatever that person is or situation is. Because you also weren't designed to be the Savior. And so let this day be a releasing day for you also. So this isn't just for the person who is giving that person the power. It's also for the person who has the power. You got to release the power and send that person back to God because he's the only one who can fix them and rescue them.
0: Next one. Next one. Uh, Put others needs ahead of your own. Put others needs ahead of your own. Here's the verse Philippians chapter three, Philippians chapter two, verse three through four. Do nothing Out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. What would it look like to have relationships that were, and I quote, void of selfish ambition or vain conceit? It seems like everybody's got an angle nowadays. So everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's trying to find their way in. How do I look at this person to know that person, to reach this person? And I understand, uh, I appreciate LinkedIn, and I'm glad we all have referrals, and I'm glad we have relationships and friendships. All of that done healthily is beautiful and amazing. But when you and I begin to look at people as stepping stones rather than as sons and daughters of God, we begin to distort the very image of God that he has given to people. And we begin to manipulate and coerce people to our own advantage rather than looking people in the eyes and thinking, what is best for you? How can you become who God is calling you to be? How can you succeed even if it means I've got to take a step backwards? How can I help lift you to your purpose and your potential even if it means I don't get any spotlight on me? And when you can have a community, a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, a a job culture that is a church culture centered around people like that, I'm telling you the sky is the limit. Let's keep on going. Beautiful,
1: yes. Forgive quickly is our next key. Mm. Forgive quickly. Let that sink in for a second. (laughs) Forgiveness is not forgetting, it's releasing. Forgiveness is not forgetting, it's releasing. Matthew eighteen twenty one through 22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Mm. Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Wow. We got to forgive. We have to release. Wow. Does it take the pain away? Does it take the memory away? Most times, no. But it does take the weight off of us. Because the pain that's been put on us many times by other people, it's not designed for our shoulders to carry. It's too much. We have to lay it at the foot of the cross. When Jesus was on the cross dying for you, dying for me, he took that pain because only he can handle it. It's not designed for us to handle. And so many times the past hurt, the past waits, the past words, the past heaviness, we bring it into our present. And then the people who do life with us have to pay for something that happened to us in our past. And then sometimes we use it as an excuse, like, but you don't understand my past. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know about my hurt. But we do know because you tell us all the time. (laughs) So it's time now to lay it at the foot of the cross and say, God, would you heal my heart? God, would you give me a fresh start? God, would you renew my mind? God, would you help me to live life without this pain? I was sharing with some friends that sometimes when we don't forgive, we treat the pain like a roommate. We make it a bed, we cook for it, we entertain it, we dress it up, we bring it everywhere we go, because you just get comfortable and you don't know how to live life without it. It almost becomes an extension of you, but the Bible talks about circumcising our hearts. Sometimes we got to circumcise and cut off the pain and amputate it and learn to live without it. And just like when you lose a limb, you have to get physical therapy and you have to learn to walk again. You have to learn how to grab things with your other hand. That's what letting go of forgiveness is, unforgiveness is like. You have to learn to function without it and it's going to take time. You're going to stumble. You're going to feel like you're falling because it's going to be new for you. But I promise you, when you look back on your life and you look back five years from now, you look back from today and you say, God, this was the day. What's the date today? The The 28th that I said old things are passed away. All things have become new. Who the sun sets free is free in day. This is my freedom day. This is my day where I'm releasing the hurt. I'm releasing the past. I'm releasing those words. Do I remember them? Yes. Was it terrible what happened to me? Yes. Is Was it dark and evil? Yes. But I'm giving it to God. I'm going to trust him with it because he can do better with it than I ever could. And then I'm going to believe God that through my story... Through my healing, I'm going to rescue other people who went through what I went through. So
0: good. So good. Okay, we've got two two more principles. Okay, we've gone through three. Here's here's the next one. Real simple. Believe the best. Want to have life-giving, great relationships? Believe the best. Some of you are thinking, no, I'm just a critical person. I'm saying, okay, I, I, I get that. I'm not saying be, be dumb, but I'm saying believe the best. You can live your life with trust or suspicion. And if you live your life with suspicion, you usually end up finding what you're looking for. It just happens. I see people coming to our church all the time, been hurt by church after church after church. They've got 198,000 questions for us to answer. And I'm saying, just so you know, you'll probably find what you're looking for. Because somebody here is going to offend you. Somebody here is not going to call you. Somebody here is going to walk past you and you're going to feel forgotten and not loved. And I just need you to know that's not the heart of this place. That's not the spirit of this place. We genuinely care about the one. We really, really do. But you're walking into a place filled with broken everyday humans just like you. And if your expectation is that everything is perfect, we're not the church for you. Yeah. Yeah. Believe the best. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times endures all things without weakening we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions and others by their actions so we give ourselves passes we hold other people in prison for their decisions there is just a level of freedom and wholeness and new life that God is calling us to, a level of maturity that he's trying to take us to. And if we can begin to walk through these steps, principles, if you will, I believe we can be pushed forward. And some of us have broken relationships with our our siblings right now, broken relationships with parents, broken relationships with coworkers, even marriages, but if we can begin to put some of these things in place, we believe that freedom can come. Last one here. Then my wife, I'm going to have her pray over White Rock, Bishop Ars, Oak Cliff, over North house I wanted to pray over all of us. What's our last one?
1: Our last one is check your baggage at the door. Think about when you get on a plane and they make sure that you're not carrying too much baggage because it weighs the plane down. That's what happens in relationships. When we don't check our baggage, it weighs down the relationship baggage meaning the things from other relationships other situations we then ask the other person to carry it and it weighs them down and then eventually it makes them feel like they're drowning and so check your baggage at the door give it to God goes right along with the unforgiveness don't bring it with you you don't need it i always overpack whenever we go anywhere anyone who's ever gone any place with me i always have the heaviest bag i always bring more than i need and i end up not even needing it anyways So you don't need the baggage. Start today, fresh, new beginning, breakthrough. Check the baggage at the door. You do not need it. The person that you're in relationship with does not need it, and they don't want to carry it. It's so exhausting carrying someone's heavy baggage. Don't do that to people. You can start right now. You can say, I'm leaving my baggage behind. I'm not bringing it on this next relationship. What happened to me in my last relationship was my last relationship. It's under the blood. I'm not bringing it into this new one. Is that right? Isn't that good news?
0: Here's the verse, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. The word forget there does not mean have no memory of. It means to neglect neglecting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You heard Onika talk today about the roommate that a lot of us have. The roommate of past, hurts, failures, disappointments, shame, whatever it might be. Hopelessness. We're not saying it didn't happen. We're just calling us to neglect it. Stop feeding it. Why is it growing so much? It's because you're feeding it so much. Why is it staying with you? It's because it's got a great bedroom. It's got a great situation. doesn't have to pay any rent at all. gets to eat for free at your house. You keep buying it clothes, giving it new wigs, putting eyelashes on that thing. I wouldn't leave either. But you start to neglect it. You just say, I'm sorry, I'm not feeding you this morning hate. I'm not feeding you this morning fear. I'm not feeding you this morning manipulation. I'm not feeding you this morning hurt. I'm not feeding you this morning past. I'm sorry, I'm more committed to my future than I am to my past. So I, I can't feed you anymore. No, 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 I, wa- I want to sit down together. I want to talk. I'm sorry, I can't talk to you this morning because I'm already talking to Jesus right now. He's filling up my heart and my life. I don't, ha- I don't even have the energy to talk to you. I don't have the time to talk to you because I'm trying to pour into the next generation to help them to become who God is calling them to be you're trying to keep me back when I was nine I'm sorry I'm 29 now so I got to move on into the future that God has for me I've got to keep neglecting you and if you neglect it that thing gets smaller and smaller and smaller it doesn't happen in a moment and be ready for a fight you you better be ready for a fight if you think you can just do it in a week you better be ready for a fight because that thing will try to raise its ugly head at the most inopportune time to sabotage the purpose and potential that God has for you in your new season. But keep on neglecting it, not in your own strength and power, but in the grace and the power that comes from heaven. I'm going to ask all of our locations right now, bow your heads if you wouldn't mind, just for a moment. Every location, North Dallas, Bishop Arts Oak Cliff, White Rock, let's bow our heads just for a moment. I want Onika to say a word prayer over us as we transition into this next moment.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Father God, I thank you for your glorious church. I thank you for your hand upon every single life, and I thank you that this moment is a breakthrough moment for every single one of us. Old things are passed away. All things are becoming new even now. Thank you for laying down the weights that would try to hold us back, that would try to remind us of our past, and thank you, God, for picking them up so that we don't have to carry them anymore. The Bible says your yoke is easy and your burden is light, so would you lift and take our burdens? Would you help us to strain towards what's ahead? May we strain and stretch towards the new. May we strain and stretch towards new mindsets, new thought patterns, new habits, new ways of life. Would you bless us? Would you strengthen us? Would you encourage us? Would you set us free? In
0: Jesus' name, keep your heads bowed, if you don't mind, every location, just for a moment. If you're under the sound of our voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one. I'm not asking, do you believe in God? I'm not asking, do you feel like you're a good person? I'm asking, is Jesus first in your life? No matter what seat you're sitting in, no matter what service you are in right now, no matter who brought you to Shoreline City today, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. If that's you today. You've never given your heart and your life to Christ. At one point in time, you did. You slipped away. You've gone another direction. You're saying, I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. I don't want to be first in my life. I want Christ to be first in my life. I'm going to ask you to do something simple, but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I literally want you to shoot your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just shoot your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. North Dallas. Oak Cliff. White Rock, just lifting your hand up. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make him first. I want to put him first in my life. I'm going to ask everyone under the sound of my voice, do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. Put your hand over your heart. As we repeat this prayer out loud after me, I'm going to invite your campus pastor up. And and I want everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Of all my sins, I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's lift our heads up all the locations. Let's clap our hands with enthusiasm. Come on, church family.